we're back oh my goodness it's been so long and we're a day late on being back as well Well, that's my fault it's all it's all because we love our fathers that's the reason why we're late that's true yes Grave robbing in Texas is this hour's top news story. An informant led officers of the Muerto County Sheriff's Department to a cemetery just outside the small rural Texas community of Newt early this morning. Officers there discovered what appeared to be a grisly work of art, the remains of a badly decomposed body wired to a large monument. A second body was found in a ditch near the perimeter of the cemetery. Subsequent investigation has revealed at least a dozen empty crypts. I mean, it's been forever. What order do we do this in? What do I do? <laughs> what, what do we do? <laughs> what do we do now? Uh, well, I guess let's make maybe make that our cold open. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and uh, I'll just go on with the introduction. Hey, everyone. We're back. Welcome to Paths of Fear, the weekly podcast where we give our takes on horror movies and explore the opinions of our audience. I'm Ian. I'm not Ian. I'm Marshall. Uh, correct. Mm-hmm. And today, we'll be having a look at the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a classic slasher horror film made in 1974, written and co-produced by Toby Hooper and Kim Henkel, and directed by Toby Hooper. I want it to be noted that Chainsaw is two words in the title, which just bothers me to know Yes, it's terrible. It's also kind of funny because uh, if you look at some of the posters for this movie, it looks like it's one word. So, yeah. <laughs> it kills me, dude. It well, pains me and... so bad. <laughs> well, I guess uh, just to start, what, what's your score? What'd you give this movie? Oh, man. I gave it, I was, I'm probably being a little generous, if I'm being honest, but I gave it a good 5.5. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's fair. I, I'm giving it a six. Six? So we're, um, we're pretty darn close on this one. Yeah, it's, it's not great, <laughs> to be it's, honest. It's not spectacular, but I think it does need to be credited as being kind of like, it's, it's super monumental in horror, you know? Like, if it you, is, if you do sure. want to be involved in the horror world, this is definitely like one of the keystone things you need to be looking at. Absolutely. It, it is a, a classic in the slasher genre it it is uh if not the one of the uh founding movies for slashers well and that's that's something i want to touch on is like what exactly it does slashery and then what it doesn't do slashery it's very interesting yeah for sure uh, but before we do that do you want to tell us the audience's score oh you know what no but i'll do it anyways um okay <laughs> uh let me see I'm, I'm sorry i'm doing math in my head i never do this at a time what's 23 plus uh what 16 is 39 divided by uh six so that's what 6.3 damn the audience is more generous than us we're all very close yeah this is actually um, probably the most we've ever agreed yeah there's there's not a lot of there's not a high standard deviation on this one yeah <laughs> it's uh it's all pretty yeah, yeah everyone thinks yeah but yeah uh overall definitely one that's worth watching and it's not going to kill you to watch it it's not like 
so bad that it's painful to watch. <laughs> it's um, not going to kill you. <laughs> Ideally, it won't. Yeah. Uh, but you never know. If you have like a really weak heart and like you're really <laughs> not good with horror movies at all, it'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. If you're like the grandpa in this movie, uh, yeah, probably don't want to watch it. Yeah. Unless you got some blood <laughs> lying around. Yeah. Yep. For sure. All right. Also, I, I think we did things in a weird order because I just remembered I hadn't done the movie teaser. Yeah, we don't have a teaser. So, Ian, do the teaser now and we'll see what happens. All right. I'll do the teaser. Maybe right. I'll edit it in ahead of time. Maybe I won't. Yeah. Who knows? That's up to us. <laughs> <laughs> so, a deranged grave robber has desecrated the graveyard of a small Texas community, prompting Sally Herdesty, her paraplegic brother Franklin, along with some of their friends, to check on their grandfather's grave. Afterwards, they head to the old Hardesty homestead to look around. Unbeknownst to them, this house is set next to an exceptionally peculiar neighbor who believes a chainsaw is a tool of butchery, not of lumber. What this group of young adults are about to experience will forever be known as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's interesting, you refer to it as a tool of lumber, uh... A little fun fact for the audience out there. The chainsaw was originally not used for lumber. It was originally designed as a birthing tool. For who? The, the women, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the doctors are the one using it, but like on the way. That's <laughs> just terrifying, dude. I'm just, I, I mean, I, I like in the movie, you know, when he plunges his chainsaw into franklin's chest i guess it's kind of like a c-section I, yeah it's a it's a rudimentary one for sure he yeah. needs a little more training but it is close <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right our fun facts with marshall yeah it's a uh, it's just horrifying that that is ever a thing we would ever use to help in the birthing process <laughs> dear lord <laughs> but yeah I, I imagine it was probably a little different than what we have now <laughs> i think it was smaller but it actually wasn't crazy different Oh man! Imagine yeah. just like powering up a gas-powered I mean, imagine motor being, tool like, like that. Imagine having contractions, and then you just hear in the corner like, and it's like, oh god, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> this was scary enough already. Yeah, don't exactly. need a chainsaw. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, with that, um, should I yes. go ahead and give a summary? Let's hop into that sweet, sweet summary, and I'm ready. All right. Sally Herdesty and her paraplegic brother Franklin, along with their friends Jerry, Kirk, and Pam, visit the grave of their grandfather after hearing about nearby grave robbings and morbid corpse desecration. My granddaddy's buried here. Can we find out if anything happened to him? Afterwards, they decide to visit the old Hardesty family homestead. Along the way, they pick up an odd hitchhiker who talks about his family and how they work at the old slaughterhouse nearby. He emphasizes their use of traditional methods, using a sledgehammer instead of a pressurized bolt gun to slaughter their cattle. The place where they shoot the cattle in the head with that big air gun thing. Oh, that, that, that gun's no good. I was in there once with my uncle. No way. With a sledge. <laughs> yeah. See, that was better. They died better that way. His oddity, however, turns sadistic when he borrows Franklin's pocket knife and lacerates his own palm with it. He then takes a Polaroid picture of Franklin, for which he asks $2 in compensation. When the group refuses, he lights the photo on fire and slashes Franklin's left arm with a straight razor. Oh, 
The group quickly opens the side door, pushes him out of the van, and drives off. While still shaken from this deranged event, the group stops at a gas station to refill, but the proprietor tells them that the pump tanks are empty and that it'll be hours or potentially even a day before the next shipment. You're out of gas? My tank's empty. Transport won't be here until late this afternoon. Maybe not even until tomorrow morning. The group continues towards the homestead, intending to return to the gas station once it has received its fuel delivery. When they arrive, everyone goes to explore the house, except Franklin, who is decidedly left out of the initial fun on account of him being confined to a wheelchair. <laughs> Come on, Franklin! It's going to be a fun trip! Kirk and Pam soon ask Franklin if he knows the way to a nearby watering hole. After getting Franklin's directions, the couple head off for some skinny dipping. On their way, they stumble upon a nearby house with a running gas generator. Kirk sees this as an opportunity to trade for some much-needed gas, eliminating the need to wait for the gas station's fuel delivery. Gasoline. I can leave him my guitar, you know, give him a couple bucks. We gotta come back by here anyway. I can pick up my guitar and give them a couple more dollars and bring them back some gas. They don't want your guitar. They're not gonna want to sell us any gas. Let's just go back now. He and Pam go up to the house's front door and attempt to elicit a response from inside. After knocking and yelling through the screen door doesn't work, Kirk decides to go inside. As he makes his way into a room with an abundant number of mounted animal heads, he slips and falls. Simultaneously, a hulking and terrifying man sporting a mask made of human skin and brandishing a large hammer appears and kills Kirk instantly. Hello! After Kirk fails to reappear and doesn't respond to Pam's calls, she heads inside to see where he went, thinking he's likely messing with her. As she enters one of the house's rooms, she trips, and while on the ground, she sees that the room is filled with furniture made of human bone. As she panics, she is slow to get up from the floor, allowing Leatherface to catch her as she desperately tries to run out of the front door. <laughs> Leatherface carries her back into the house and impales her on a meat hook. He then proceeds to butcher Kirk with a chainsaw in front of her. As sunset nears, Jerry decides to go look for Pam and Kirk, and gets the directions to the watering hole from Franklin. Sally offers to go with him, but he declines. He too makes his way to the killer's house, and figures that perhaps Kirk and Pam could be inside. After failing to get a response from outside, he heads in, at which point he faintly hears Pam. After following the sound, he discovers Pam still alive inside a freezer in the butcher's room. But before he can react, Leatherface appears behind him and kills him with one swing of the hammer. With darkness falling, Sally wants to go looking for the others, especially Jerry. Franklin urges her not to go, saying the best thing to do is to stay put. If they're not back in a minute, we've got to go look for them. Oh, well, what if we get lost, too? Sally, we ought to go to that gas station and get help. I'm not leaving here without Jerry. 
However, with Sally not relenting and realizing that Jerry has the keys to the van, Franklin gives in, but only if he can go with her. While initially resistant, as Sally knows he'll slow her down, she agrees, and they set out to find their friends. As they near the neighboring house and call out, Leatherface lunges from the darkness, plunging a running chainsaw into Franklin's chest. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! <laughs> Sally screams as her brother dies and runs towards the nearby house seeking help, not knowing the house belongs to the killer. She shuts the front door on the pursuing Leatherface and runs upstairs calling for help, only to find the desiccated remains of an elderly couple upstairs. After Leatherface saws through the front door, Sally escapes by jumping through a second floor window and flees to the gas station. She tells the proprietor to call 911. However, the proprietor says they have no phones, but that he can drive her to the nearest police station, which Sally agrees to. As he goes to fetch his truck, Sally waits in the station's small building, where she discovers the meat that's cooking inside may be human. Her suspicions are confirmed when the proprietor returns with a large sack and some rope to restrain her with. What are you doing? You, you got no need to worry. No! No, no, you just cooperate, young lady, and we'll have no trouble. She fights with him, but is ultimately overwhelmed. The proprietor then ties her up, gags her, and forces her into his truck. He drives her back to the killer's house, arriving at the same time as the hitchhiker, now revealed as Leatherface's brother. The hitchhiker recognizes Sally and taunts her. The men torment the bound and gag Sally, while Leatherface, now dressed as a woman, serves dinner. Leatherface and the hitchhiker then bring down one of the desiccated bodies from upstairs, that of their grandpa. They cut Sally's finger and put it into grandpa's mouth, at which point it's revealed He's still alive, as he actively sucks on her finger. They decide that Grandpa, the best killer in the old slaughterhouse, should kill Sally. I've been thinking about letting Grandpa have some fun. You always said he's the best. He's the best, all right. The hitchhiker holds Sally's head above a large bucket, and Leatherface attempts to help Grandpa strike her with a hammer. Luckily for Sally, Grandpa is too frail to firmly grasp the hammer, and continues to drop it, hitting Sally only once on the head. During this debacle, Sally manages to break free, leaps through a window, and flees down the house's long driveway towards the main road. Leatherface and the hitchhiker pursue closely behind, but as Sally runs across the road, the hitchhiker is brutally run over by a passing truck. The truck driver gets out only to run away from Leatherface with Sally. Before leaving his truck, he manages to grab a pipe wrench, which he throws at Leatherface. This knocks him down, causing his chainsaw to cut a deep gash into his leg. The driver flees, and Sally waves down a passing pickup truck, escaping on the back of it. As the sun rises, Leatherface maniacally flails his chainsaw in the air, angry and defeated. That's a good summary right there, and I liked it. Thank you. Oh, you, you were talking about, I believe, the first death was Kirk's death, right? It is, And yes. he, he doesn't respond? 
I 100% thought you said he didn't respond. And I was like, well, of course, of course he didn't respond. Like, that's just what happened. <laughs> and he didn't come back yeah. to life after he was killed. And then he stayed dead. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> after Kirk stayed dead, <laughs> Pam went inside. I guess that works too. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I got to say Kirk's death was hilarious to me. Oh yeah. It just suddenly like, hi, by the way, you're dead. I, I burst out <laughs> laughing with that one. Like he walks into the house and the camera stays in the same place, right? Mm-hmm. So the camera stays in the same place. He walks into this room and he falls down for some reason. And then the killer like just, comes out from behind a wall steps over him just hits him with a hammer and he's dead and it's it's kind of it's hilarious honestly it's well i mean the other face is just always in that room and it looked like it was just a bathroom or something he's just sitting there he's just like someone's someone's gonna walk into my creepy house and i'll just get him yeah that's gonna <laughs> well and honestly the, the funny part about this movie and why i rate it six is because i did get an enjoyment out of it and it's because it's because of some inequalities it has. You see, when I heard of this movie, I thought this was going to... I did think it was going to be a, you know, not great slasherish movie because, uh, you know, it's old and it's one of the first ones. So I, I, I thought it wouldn't really be that good. I, I That's true. It's not all that great. But uh, what I did expect is that all of these young adults, you know, they're not being chased you know at the old house they decide to stay in like other movies might do um like the evil dead right they stay in this cabin and then the cabin is like attacked by evil forces no instead they wander off one by one basically and go into a killer's house and are killed by a killer (laughs) (laughs) who could have seen it coming And I just like to think that Leatherface is so confused. Mm. Like, he's like, where do these people keep coming from? What I found hilarious was that the the father at the gas station that ended up being a bad guy, he uh, Mm -hmm. he's getting he's getting mad at the crazy son um, because he left Leatherface alone. And it was like, this isn't on Leatherface. He stayed home. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone went to him. This is not his fault. <laughs> and I actually think uh, the gas station proprietor is the older brother. Oh, is he the oldest brother? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, okay. Um, um, but but yeah, it is hilarious. Like, and obviously, you know, he he seems quite abusive. I mean, he just it was weird as he's driving um with uh Sally, you know, in the sack, um, back to the house. He's just like randomly hitting her you know with like a stick but also saying like calm down and then hitting her and then like kind of laughing a little bit so he's obviously i mean all of them are loopy um but he seems rather abusive so he like gets back to the house and he keeps finding things to be angry about so at first he's like angry oh my gosh you're you know this dingus sawed through her own front door (laughs) right (laughs) which okay i understand that Mm. and then he proceeds to get like angry as if he like didn't get everyone like did you not kill everyone? And of course, Leatherface did kill everyone. <laughs> and then after he realizes that Leatherface did kill everyone, and that there are no witnesses, then he gets angry about the door again. Yeah, I, just, I love his anger about the door. He's like, man, you did end the door. <laughs> uh, what's interesting is it felt like kind of a preset to uh, Resident Evil 7, honestly, with the whole family yes. aspect. I was thinking the exact same thing, like like the opening scene you're thinking of, where the yeah. family and 
They're sitting around the meal. Or they're sitting around a meal. Yep. Enjoying themselves. Yeah, for sure. That that scene in this movie where um, she's like tied to a chair at the table and screams for like 10 minutes straight, um, which is somewhat aggravating. <laughs> and then they're just all kind of sitting there chuckling at her. I, I was reviewing too hard. My nose started bleeding. I had to grab a tissue. <laughs> yeah. We take our reviewing very seriously. We'll let Grandpa suck on that. Oh, yeah. He needs that. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. It's my nose, dude. It's my nose. <laughs> Can't do that. Did more blood just start coming out? <laughs> yes. No, it nice. sucked back up. I was scared. Um, <laughs> One thing that I find interesting. So when this movie came out, it... It, we didn't have what we have today. We didn't have all these crazy slashes and all these crazy effects. Mm-hmm. So it was considered insanely gory. And like, it was just like, oh my God, like, should we be watching such violent things on our screen? But when you watch the movie, you see so little. And I think one of the goriest things you see, actually, like that you actually mm-hmm. see is the chainsaw cutting open Leatherface's leg. Uh, yeah. Because like he hangs someone on a meat hook and it's, it, everything that is gory really happens off screen. Um, you know, uh, do you know why that it's is? It's just because it's easier. <laughs> and if you leave it to people's imagination, then they're going to fill it in with what's terrifying for them. It's generally and, what I use. And, and that may be true, but in this case, uh, it's because the director wanted this movie to be rated PG. Actually? Yes. Did he they wanted get the, movie the PG to be rated- rating? No, they got rated R. <laughs> but that's why he did everything off screen. Um, is he really wanted a PG rating? So he's like, oh, I'll just leave out all the gory stuff. And then, you know, even though this is a story about a group of young adults getting murdered by a cannibalistic crazy family, I'm sure I'll get the PG rating. Because that makes sense. That is what? Yeah, why in 1974, going? by the way. Oh, like, what? Who is this? Who is this man? <laughs> yes. Oh, and to be honest, I. You know, even though I, I do see the sort of, you know, you leave it off screen, your imagination fills it in. I do get that. But I think it hurts the movie to have that limitation. Uh, because if you remember back to The Evil Dead, um, one of the scenes that a lot of people found really disturbing was that scene when, um, I f- I'm forgetting her name right now, but. The uh, pencil in the leg? Yeah, the pencil in, in like the ankle. Yeah. And stabbing it in and blood coming out. It was, it was, it was really disturbing. And um, something similar I could see in this movie, what could have been, is Leatherface literally takes Pam and puts her on a meat hook, right? It, that's that's super scary. That's terrifying, yep. right? And when I saw that, I'm like, oh, God, I don't know if I can watch this. And then he just kind of like, you don't see anything. You just kind of set it up. There's like even, there's barely even sound. It's yeah. almost like he's just kind of putting her on a bench and the hook's just behind her. Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> and crazy. So, yeah, so I think that that actually really hurt this movie. I think that um, I'm not saying that you can just throw gore at a movie and it'll make it scary. That's not how it works. But you are really missing out on some body horror that could be really effective. Yeah, I, and I do think that like be, just because the movie falls apart in some other areas, the gore definitely would have helped it. Um, yeah, just actually seeing all that the crazy effects. But I also don't think it didn't hurt it i don't think it hurt it crazy bad not to have it it's kind of like Mm -hmm. a when you're reading a comic you see very little action you see like the moment before and the moment after the action really and your mind fills it in in the gutter that's where most of it happens that's where Mm -hmm. most of like a comic book occurs um 
And it was kind of similar in this way. We're, we're good at filling in those like kind of missing areas just with our minds. Um, however, it is very different of an experience to see it right in front of you. I do agree. Definitely. And, and yeah, I agree. It doesn't hurt it that much. Really, the, um, the only scene where I think it really specifically hurts it is the meat hook scene. Mm. Um, I think all other scenes, they can kind of get away with it. Yeah, I think the meat hook but, scene was the definitely because yeah, it, w- it was supposed to be really scary it was supposed to be like um you know it it never been done before uh at least to my knowledge um and so i really think they really missed missed the spot on that one like it was just kind of like oh okay I had agree. When, when it should have been like something a lot more i think the one the thing that made me grimace the most really that i was like oh god was when he the hitchhiker was cutting his own hand open that yeah. that was like oh god don't i can't do this i'm done yeah that, that was really whack and um especially during the time i don't really know exactly what moral panic was raging across america at the time but uh fear of hitchhikers has been a pretty consistent and pers- per- persistent fear in in america for a long time and i think it's actually it, it's always cool to use something like that in your movie um should just kind of scare people a little more like oh god they picked up this hitchhiker and now he's cutting his own hand what, what's he gonna do next it's and that yeah i do agree it is interesting to see that ha- kind of happen um i 100 percent lost my train of thought oh Leatherface. we see him wear a bunch of like different faces and like he's known for this one really specific face and i think we when you picture Leatherface, you can't have that face in mind um mm-hmm. But in the movie, his, his the faces he wears aren't that distinct exactly. They hardly ever like give it too much camera time, and uh, they're like it's like at one point it was like a lady with a whole bunch of makeup on or something. It's not quite what we remember it to be. So I'm wondering like if that mask that we associate so strongly with Leatherface comes later, or if it like if it was like done in a later movie or a remake, or if that's mm-hmm. kind of just what we interpreted from this movie. Yeah, I think this might have been, uh, and I think this is part of what makes it a classic slasher movie, is I think it might have been the first movie, or at least the first known one, to use a mask specifically um, for a killer to, to make them seem more scary. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, I don't know if this did, if it was the first. Yeah, I, I doubt it was the first one, just because I think that you know a, a killer wearing a mask... I would imagine is pretty well well known in culture and whatnot. But no, this, but, this was six years before Friday the Thirteenth, though, which is the series associated with the mask, even though the original movie didn't use the mask. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but it, of course, the mask it does a lot because mm. uh, you know, even though you are being chased by a person, uh, there's a lot of ambiguity there because you never see their face. You know, you, you kind of see their eyes um, a little bit, their mouth. Um, but you, you don't really see them. You can't see their expression. You don't know what they're feeling a lot of the time. They become just like an embodiment of all their terrible actions rather than a person. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and I think, I think they did that quite well. Um, and, uh, gosh, what was I going to say? <laughs> um, and also I think Leatherface's motions, like his, oh gosh, what do you call him? Um, but just the way he moved around, 
uh, especially during certain parts. Like I, I felt especially after he killed Jerry, he seemed to be almost questioning himself. Like, like, like he was stressed. Like, it's like just... he didn't know what to do. Uh, and I could be reading into that too much, but no, I mean, I, I was looking at kind of the same thing, but I looked to me more like it was almost a childlike wonder, just like when a kid accidentally, I don't know, steps on a frog and the frog dies. He's like, what happened to frog? Um, that yeah. Kind of thing. And that, that, that's kind of the vibe I got off of it. Like he was really just a kid at heart in a way, but like super murderous giant kid. Yeah, with uh, bad role models. Yeah, he, he could have definitely used Hannah Montana in his life. Without a doubt. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, and of course, um, his frame makes a huge difference, literally. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's this hulking mass of a man. Um, and, I mean, uh, that just makes it really scary because, I mean, if it was the hitchhiker in a mask, it won't be as scary, I'd say. Just because you're not thinking, oh, you know, this guy could probably just um you know pick me up and throw me i think that adds to the fear somewhat naturally yeah um i'd agree and one thing i want to point out is that it, so slashers are usually constructed with what i call like a bloodletting in the beginning um mm-hmm. an initial blood you see like the group of teenagers partying and then like jason comes and he's like bad you're teenagers and then he kills everybody um uh or you'll see like freddie it like pops out of a mirror and kills i, I I actually haven't seen all the Nightmare on Elm Street, so I don't know. But you usually just see um, some kind of death in the beginning before we actually meet our characters, of which are kind of our pool of survivors. Mm-hmm. Um, this one just goes straight into it. We don't get that. Um, and I think that's just because it was so early, and I think we just hadn't adopted that quite yet. Yeah, it it definitely felt, and it's a short movie as well. It is, yeah. Um, but the, the the deaths started really quickly, and the pace was also quick. Um, really, the first, let's see how many, especially the, the first three deaths were very just death, 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 death. Yeah. And even Franklin as well soon came soon, uh, pretty soon after Jerry. And it was really just, you, you were left with the lone survivor for a lot of the movie. Um, whereas I feel a lot of movies, you know, you have a good chunk where there's just one survivor being terrified. Uh, but especially because this is a shorter movie, you do seem to have a much more compressed part of the movie where there's other survivors. Yeah, I mean, I feel like know? there's this whole act where they really just try to tell you, like, here's how messed up this family is. Like, they're like, so they kept her alive, so now we get to see they have this grandpa, the grandpa, they all like to kill, they're cannibals. This is, like, kind mm-hmm. of the family dynamics. Like, we are, we're exposed to so much of that exposition in the end. Um and I think it's just that uh, as an audience, it's just supposed to be fascinating. Like, oh, my God, look at this. This is terrifying. Um, mm-hmm. But as a viewer actually kind of like looking for a story, it really just kind of falls flat right there. Uh, you're just not getting too much out of it story wise from there. Uh, you like the question is, can she escape? And there's nothing hinting at her escape, really. There's nothing going for it. Um, she's simply trapped and that's how it is. And then she escapes later just because they were being silly um yeah it, it, it all it doesn't really feel it, it's not like the same as like you know you have survivor trapped in a room and then they have to figure a way out or, or maybe there's like a distraction that happens maybe a police officer shows up that they have to kill or something like that like instead it was just them sort of messing around and then she just kind of broke off and left yeah um and and also 
because you have that more compressed part of the movie where you have survivors together, there's really, there's almost no scenes where survivors are connecting and being afraid together. Um, the closest you get is when, because uh, Pam, Pam and Kirk never interact while they're still alive and they're, and they're terrified. They're, they're terrified individually. So the closest you, uh, the closest you get is when Jerry opens the freezer and Pam's still alive and she's uh, super panicky. I think she's doesn't have a lot of air. That's what they're trying to show because she was just stuck in a freezer. And uh-huh. That's why she's acting so strange. Um, but I think that's really the closest you get of two survivors being terrified together. And it only lasts about one second. And who knows if even uh, if Pam's even really conscious for that. She doesn't. She seems kind of out of it. Uh, the, uh, the other part that you get close is, of course, when... Franklin and Sally are hanging out wondering what to do, but they're not really scared. So the closest you get is when uh, when Franklin gets killed with a chainsaw. And again, super quick. Yeah. So there's really no point where survivors are like huddled together, really afraid and being like, oh my gosh, what do we do? And so you're missing that, um, that something that could make them uh, more relatable. And also uh, they could communicate their fear with the audience. Uh, better by interacting with each other yeah and um going back on to franklin and sally meeting their conversation of like let's go inside and like let's just stay at the van and leave was mm-hmm. like i was so tired of that whole argument because <laughs> it was literally just like let's not and then frank franklin would be like let's and then sally just be like let's not and franklin would be like let's and that was it like there was no real dialogue it was just them saying like i'm gonna do this and it's like let's not do that <laughs> It was like, <laughs> just God, like, just move on with this argument, right? <laughs> it's yeah, it's stupid. kind of, it's kind of funny. Um, even though this movie is short, and and you do find this in a lot of old movies, they have a lot of scenes that seem to go on for a lot longer than you'd think they would. Mm-hmm. Um, in this movie, I, I'd include that argument. Um, it also seemed like the hitchhiker hung out for a while. And they were kind of like, oh, God, this hitchhiker. Oh, gosh, oh, gosh, oh, gosh. And then they wait for him to, like, cut Frank, and then they're like, all right, that's it. <laughs> now you're out. Yeah. Which was crazy that they cheesed it. I would have let him out at the, like, cutting his own hand. I'd be like, all right, dude, dude that's, that's not cool. Yeah, Just we're go. gonna, yeah, we're going to have you go out. Um, but I think the worst one in this movie, to me, that lasted too long was just uh, Sally screaming. Yeah, like I like I understand, like I understand, um, you know, she is really afraid and it looks like she's really afraid for her life and all that. Um, but it lasts for so long that you kind of lose all sympathy because you're like, OK, I get it. You know, she's yeah. there and she's trapped and it sucks, but she's not adding anything or, you know, that that scene isn't adding anything for me by lasting I mean, it felt like 10 minutes. Yeah, no, it was screaming. crazy. And like the the brothers start mocking her like by screaming along with her. Um, and I, and finally, uh, who I thought was the dad, but I guess the eldest brother chips in and he's just like, guys, cut it out. Let's get on with this. And I was like, thank you. And then they just keep doing it. I was like, God, like just why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like um, th- th- in, in modern day, I would expect, you know, for them, like, you know, she starts screaming and then they, they start screaming with her then maybe it would go to like a wide shot of a house where you can hear the screaming from outside. And then it would cut to later when they're like, you know, oh, let's get, you know, she's all tired out. And then they're like, hey, let's get grandpa down here and whatnot. Just something to, 
you know, mix it up. <laughs> yeah, no, I it, that would have been honestly a better movie right there. Um, yeah, just, just something simple like that, which you would come to expect nowadays to break things up. Uh, it's just not present. And I think you do find that in a lot of old movies. I think it can be charming in a lot of ways, and it can be even good uh, to have things that take a little more time. But this isn't one of those things, you know, and you know it because you get annoyed at it and you shouldn't be annoyed at, you know, a character fearing for their life. Right. Yeah. Um, one thing that kind of annoyed me as well was the blood on the side of the van, how long they spent looking at that blood and being like, is this writing? Did he just write to us in freaking like ancient Latin or something? I don't know. They were just examining that thing like it was the key to the universe. And then it was just blood on a van. <laughs> I was just like, please. Like, why would you put this there? Um, <laughs> yeah, because they never figured it out, did they? I, 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 It didn't look like it. it was literally just blood on a van that he smeared. <laughs> they were like, yeah, it, it like looks like gospel. And I was like, why? This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely, definitely looks just like blood on a van. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, if they had like had something I, I just i yeah i don't think that ever would have fit at all i mean if he had actually written something that'd be one thing although yeah. they kind of did drive off fast maybe if they like started something like he started spelling death or something but then he got cut off at de well I, they're like i wonder what he was gonna say what i would have done with it is made it like a brand that you'd put on cattle and then like as they're going around the house they see that brand in the house yeah something like that for sure yeah something to connect the two uh especially before we even realize the hitchhikers involved yeah it'd be interesting to see that on something um maybe on leatherface's leatherface and then we talk about this a lot but initial sin like what's the sin that brings them to this um and their only real sin is that they picked up a hitchhiker um yeah which i mean i didn't it honestly didn't weigh on me that much throughout the movie that they didn't do anything wrong really because they were so stupid to walk into a killer's house i was like that's a sin that's good enough um yep (laughs) i mean basically kirk sent for the whole group and then he brought everyone down with him yeah it was just geez but um he he walked into another person's house but beyond they didn't respond beyond the initial sin though uh what interests me a lot is that they stop and they look for the gas. They try to get gas. And at, it's it's actually like, was there no gas or was he just trying to lure them? Because he invites them to a barbecue instead. And you think he's trying to like save them for most of the movie. Like had they only gone to the barbecue, they would have like not had to yeah. deal with all this. But then later you find out actually he was inviting to the, this them to this in the first place. So like as soon as they set foot on that gas station, they were essentially doomed. Yeah, um, w- without enough gas to get away. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, so I kind of like that they were doomed uh, overall. There weren't exactly... And I hate to say this, but there weren't exactly right decisions they could have made, except for just not walking into the killer's house. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. did make the right decision, but then they messed it up. <laughs> had they written it yeah. in such a way that like they had to go into the killer's house for some weird reason... Had they written it so that it wasn't just walking into a killer's house, it would have been just a doomed scenario, which I think I would have enjoyed a lot more. Um, yeah, kind of like a Japanese horror. Like, yeah. you just screwed. Yeah, it's just like, well, this happens and it sucks. It's like, well, okay. Sure. Yeah, and I would agree. Um, I think because the whole issue comes about due to stupidity, I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's not intriguing. Yeah. 
Um, and so I, I do like though that, um, that you, cause the audience might think at first, Oh, just stay, stay at the gas station. Don't stay at the old house over there. That, that sounds dangerous. And then you realize later that, Oh, they would have been screwed either way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do, I do enjoy that part of it. Yeah. I thought that was a nice little, I, that was just a nice little thing you throw in there. Get also speaking of, speaking of the gas station though, um, so when they first go to the gas station, I think they grab some stuff, and I, I think Franklin actually grabs like a some meat, because um, oh. I think they they show him chewing on it later at the house when they get there, and I was like, that looks kind of like a human toe, <laughs> like just jokingly, like I, I thought it might have been a carrot or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even know it was meat at first, uh, but now I realize oh, that could have been a human toe. <laughs> oh, that weird thing! I thought it was just like a. It looked like a root he was chewing on to me. Yeah, that's that's, that's why I was thinking like, is that a carrot or something? I believe it was some sort of sausage, or at least it was supposed to be from the gas station. <laughs> you could have could have made it much more discernible as meat, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree too. I, then... That was plant to me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, like oh, I said, I thought it was a carrot at first, but I'm actually pretty sure it's meat. I, like I read it, I like I wrote it off as like, oh, it's the '70s. People chew on roots, yeah. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> that seems about right. I saw us in a cowboy movie once. I'm pretty sure. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, though. Um, well, moving on, we we've talked about Leatherface. Uh, so for the survivors, who's your favorite character? Oh, dude, I just <laughs> that's the worst question because I just can't. They all suck <laughs> so much. Like Franklin was at least kind of unique, you know, but like they they were all just so frustrating. And like Franklin, like the hitchhiker grabs his arm and I get Franklin's in a wheelchair. Like he's not going to be able to like rush away and back to the other side of the car or anything. But he really does just offer his arm to the hitchhiker when he grabs it. Like, <laughs> like no, no one else stopped to help. Uh, like the other guys didn't chime in. They're just like, oh, God, Franklin, he's cutting you. And then I was like, oh, geez, that's too bad. Um mm-hmm. But no, no one stopped him. But Franklin didn't try to stop him. He was just like, oh, God, you're cutting my arm. It was like, just pull your arm away, Franklin. He's, <laughs> he's not really trying that hard here. You really just offered this to him. Like, God, this is like a matter of like being polite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and maybe they could have done a better job at making him look shocked. So he's just like frozen or something. But. Um, I, I will say, I, I do think Franklin is my favorite. And again, there's not really a lot of choice here Yeah. Um, when looking at all the, these terrible characters. But, I mean, he is the best you have as a voice of reason. Like, he's like, you know, maybe we should stay next to the van because that's where people are going to come back to. And if we leave, they might come back and we won't be here. You know, like, mm-hmm. he, he's thinking rationally, at least. Um and and I connected to them to the the most because when they find when they get to the homestead, you know, they're all like running around and laughing. Except Franklin's stuck, you know, there because he's in a wheelchair; he can't climb stairs, right? Yeah. So, you know, they're kind of all just running around and laughing for no reason. Then he starts imitating them, and it's like, that's right, Franklin. You tell those dumb, <laughs> those dumb teens, not really teens, but you know, those those dumb teens. <laughs> Because, yeah, they're frustrating, and he thinks they're also frustrating. So it's like, yeah, Franklin, I get you. Dude, I also want to touch on, like, how, like, what was she laughing at so long and running around so long? (laughs) I I know. It's almost like they just told the actors, hey, 
run around and pretend you're having fun. Yeah. Like you're in a giant bouncy castle or something. <laughs> and like the <laughs> actors looked at him and they were just like, this is this is a worn down house. And he's like, but isn't it a fun worn down house? <laughs> this is why you're an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you just act like it's a run down house, not like it's a fun one, then you're not really acting, <laughs> yeah. are you? But like I was she did it for like five minutes straight. And I was just like, how? Like, I don't. I've heard like the best of jokes and I haven't laughed for five minutes. Straight. What is this? And, and that's why I really liked Franklin's <laughs> imitation. Because no, it's yeah. like, yeah, we are. The whole audience is kind of perplexed and annoyed by this. So I'm happy that one of the characters agrees. <laughs> it was just absurd. Uh, but yeah, overall, just the characters, they weren't worth our time. Um, one thing. Yeah. Uh, so Kirk initially gets led into the house because he hears a generator, right? And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, gasoline. And like that's like the stupidest thing to assume. I feel like. like generator equals gasoline. Sure, there's gasoline present, but they're using it for the generator. And like, if there's no gas down there, what makes you think they have like a stockpile of gas ready? You know, it's just I just, that did not logic out to me. Unless you were gonna siphon from a generator, which I don't think people really do. Like it just didn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, I guess it. I guess he's assuming. All right, they have a generator theoretically running on gas i would assume so he's like all right so they they must have like a supply of gas and we could trade for some of that gas so we could drive out of here and you know get to the next gas station right so i think that's the idea um now of course kirk acts really dumb i mean (laughs) i mean regardless like it's dangerous in real life to just go into someone's house i mean you know anyone could have a gun and if you just come into their house uh then they'll probably shoot you (laughs) yeah exactly and like like and people that live on farms they like you have to be protective of the land like they have a gun ready because there's coyotes and there's just people that will come and they'll just mess up your land because people are dumb uh like kirk yeah like kirk (laughs) and like if they're really stupid they'll be like this isn't a nice house i'll go in um Mm -hmm. it's just it, it, but the stupidity really is just mind-boggling it makes the yeah. characters hard to sympathize with and hard to relate to um yeah hard to yeah hard to care about at all really um yeah and uh i will say they they do a good job at the beginning sort of dropping hints um like like the very beginning they have this corpse desecration and like they're someone's taking these corpses and like making sick art out of them and you know, and some corpses have disappeared entirely. Um, and that that's, of course, based on... I think that's based on a real thing. Yeah. Um, I think that's really the only part of the movie that is based on a real thing. Uh, obviously, there was no real Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, but there was a, a someone who enjoyed making art of dead bodies. Um, and I think also... A, I think he also killed people. Um but he wasn't like a serial killer or anything. I think he killed like a, a few people. Well, uh, but it was going just building on that dead bodies in the beginning. Like uh-huh. that was that was the most gruesome thing in the movie. Probably was that dead body sculpture. And like he was going for PG <laughs> with it. <laughs> I know, like um, I actually so before I watch this movie, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get some food so I can eat while I watch this movie because I haven't eaten dinner yet, right? Oh um, yeah. And then it freaking opens with those like dead bodies. I'm like, oh, fantastic. I guess I'll wait to eat my spaghetti. <laughs> oh, spaghetti you know, too. Oh, Lord. That's the yep. worst one. 
Oh yeah, because it ha- it makes all like the gushy noises, and of course yeah. it's red, and yeah, it's oh. like ah, delicious. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was pretty gross. Uh, but but yeah, like I I like that opening, and it, it is very intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. I also like when they get to that house with the generator. They see all these old cars that are strewn about uh, in the backyard, covered by some um, like camouflage tarp ish thing um and i'm like oh that's interesting you know it kind of shows that there's it seems like this is uh you know if you're presuming this is the killer's house it seems that these are other people's cars that he's taken and hidden uh, after he's killed yeah, them they've kind something. of done an, in the tall grass there mm-hmm. exactly yeah, yeah like a, a bunch of cars just kind of built up yeah um so I, I like that, uh, little things like that. Also, the hitchhiker, of course, and they're talking about slaughter, right? They're talking about bull slaughter, lose, using a sledgehammer instead of a, a bolt gun to kill their cattle. Yeah. Um, things like that. I liked the buildup for the most part. Uh, but then, of course, you build it up, and then Kirk walks into a house, and he gets slapped with a hammer, and he's dead. So it's, you know, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they don't do much with it. Um, I do agree that, that I think that opening... I, I, I say I agree, but I feel like that was kind of like the best part of the movie, honestly, was that, that mm-hmm. opening. Gives you hope that, like, maybe this will be a great movie. Yeah, I certainly. Like, it, oh, this is going to be different, so this is going to have its, you know, unique good qualities. Mm-hmm. But it's it's quite a letdown when he actually starts killing them. Yeah. it's just... Yeah, and, and the first... Even though it's known as, like, the Chainsaw movie, he only kills one of them. With a chainsaw. Yeah. Um, he butchers one with a chainsaw after he's dead. He butchers Kirk. But, I mean, it seems like, and he might have killed, we never even saw Pam die. Um, she was just in the freezer. We assume that she dies later. Um, but the, the first, you know, Jerry and Kirk are just killed with a hammer. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, and it's just absurd. And I want to, the chainsaw the ending where he's like throwing a fit because Sally got away. Um, that fit just goes on too long and it's just, the noise is just too bound. Like the noise bounces around too much. Like it goes towards Sally with a chainsaw in the distance and she's looking back all scared. And then it goes to him where it's just like absurdly loud and he's just waving his chainsaw around. She's like, man, dude. And it's like, okay, so he's upset. And then like, it does that like 20,000 more times. And I'm just like, I, I understand what's happening. It's okay. <laughs> And then comedically, she like the it. credits just suddenly roll. Yeah, it's just like what, like what? It's just like directed by, <laughs> and like he wasn't even really making sounds while he was throwing around his chainsaw. Um, no. And Dead by Daylight, he has really distinguishing sounds as a playable killer, and mm-hmm. they're scary sounds, and they're really well put in. And I feel like if you were to edit some of those sounds into the movie, it would kind of be a better movie. I'm sure there's so many little things you could do. Yeah. Um, it. I love how. So first of all, the 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 truck driver that stops like with the big truck, it seems like he's hauling livestock or something, mm-hmm. or he at least has like a large livestock attachment trailer to his uh, to his truck. And so he he like gets out because he's like, what the frick? Like, I mean, he just ran someone over, so it like makes sense, right? Yeah. And then like Sally rushes over him, and he's like, no, 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 get back inside. Like, why don't they drive off? Yeah, I I never understood I, that either he can't even saw through the door and like why is he trying to saw through the door (laughs) yeah and so instead instead of driving off even though they could right then 
they decide actually we're just going to get out the other side and run around and the guy throws like a you know a a um, wrench a wrench at him and then the driver just fucks off he just runs away like like sally like gets a pickup right the other guy just ran. yeah i don't I'm, like i love to write this like a comedic movie about what happened to him yeah <laughs> just lost to the desert and he's like oh, maybe i should have never helped yeah and why didn't i, I drive away I feel like it would have been better if he did something different, like uh, maybe the truck doesn't stop. Or uh, maybe the driver gets out and tragically he gets killed, yeah. right? Like, because sometimes you have that and it, it's sad. And it's like, oh, no, you know, because like you think, oh, save, you know, it's, it's a savior, a rescuer, and then they get killed. Like, that, that's effective. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he just kind of runs around with her I, instead I of driving off. Yeah. And it's just it, it adds to the silliness it's it is just it is ridiculous yeah and, and again like for an ending it's just meh yeah it's, it's not it's not great I, the the survivor girl gets away but that's really the that's all it really did right yeah oh. gravy had a much better uh survivor gets away she just like <laughs> drives away on <laughs> a vespa and gets hit by an ambulance like, exactly. the, like you know it's hilarious it's it's somewhat shocking like um like uh, that's a good ending um of course it's not actually the ending they have a different one which is they have a later ending which is also good but um yeah this one just kind of it just fell short as well um (laughs) but i do have to credit it with like kind of being a pioneer and the fact is it didn't have all the tools that we have today not only beyond like it didn't have all the effects available and stuff but also like we just didn't have such strong tropes and such like strong ideas of what we were looking for in a slasher so mm-hmm. i do have to give it credit with being a pioneer and i think that's why i give it a bit of a higher score i give it a little slack for that um, yeah just because it's so important in the horror genre yeah and i think i give it a little slack too um if i was if i was like rating it purely based on what i thought of it i'd probably rate it like a oh four three and a half maybe. If, if this movie came out today i'd be like that's a, that's just a straight two right there like this why would you why that, that's would you a good this? point yeah if it came out i mean now of course that's a little different because you're like oh they have all these things they could do exactly um because like i'll give credit to any old movie for stuff like like i won't hold it against them like alien like i won't hold it against them if at sometimes i can tell it's a guy in a rubber suit mm-hmm. right so i won't hold that against it but even saying like even say it was like not one of the first slasher movies like oh it's like the eighth slasher movie yeah, I'd probably give like a three or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. So a little fun fact I learned later on about Alien was that Ripley was written as a man. But they cast it. I think her name is Sigourney Weaver, right? They cast mm-hmm. it to her because she just did well with it. Throwback to the alien thing that I should have said then, but I didn't learn then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, Ian, do you, are you ready to hop into the responses? Our audience. Well, let's, let's do it. Yeah. So. We established that I gave it a 6.3. Um, how scary they found it. I find it funny. It's 1, 2, 3, 4, 7, 7. A uh, couple, couple people really disturbed. I like to think it was the armchair that got these sevens. <laughs> <laughs> like, Those are arms. Yeah. It's an armchair. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, overall, yeah, like a scary factor, I would have given it like a maybe a two. Yeah, if not I, a one. I, I, I had to give it a one. Yeah. There's there's no scare there for me at all. Like it's 
I mean, I laugh sometimes. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> like, um, I was uncomfortable with when we saw the hand being cut open and when we saw the, the I was a little uncomfortable with the chainsaw going into his leg, but that it wasn't even that bad. Um, yeah, I, I think, and that didn't even really bother me at all. Um, the only time I can really say maybe uh, would have been a fear factor of two instead of a one is like the opening when there's like the bodies just because it's kind of gross. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I got no no scares out of this movie, and I wasn't really afraid of the uh, scared for the characters either because I didn't care about the characters. Yeah, <laughs> they just I didn't have too much going for it. Um, so which aspects scared you the most, if not personally, then for the characters? So our four options were being pursued closely by a madman, hearing a chainsaw closing in behind you, thinking you found an ally only for them to reveal themselves as an equally dangerous enemy. Being captured with seemingly no hope of survival, waiting for your demise, or picking up a hitchhiker who then acts erratically and violent towards themselves and others. Uh, Which do you think took the cake in? I'm going to guess the, like, hopelessly being trapped. Like, uh, like uh, seem like you have no hope for survival. No hope for survival? And what would you think is the least? Um... Probably Hitchhiker? Hitchhiker. Okay, so it's interesting you choose those because those are the exact two middle ones. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so even though we've, uh, after all this break, I'm still just as bad at guessing our audience's answers. The worst one was thinking you found an ally for them to be da- a dangerous enemy. Oh. Ah, okay. And then the least one was being pursued closely by a madman, hearing a chainsaw closing in behind you. Which uh, I find interesting because if you've ever had that happen to you or like it simulated happen to you, it is terrifying and you're screaming. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've been at a I was at a haunted house and it's, it was called City of the Dead. And they do this one. They do this really cool trick with speakers above you that like have a chainsaw going through them. So like you're as far as you're concerned, there's a man running at you with a chainsaw from behind. Um, and it was a really cool effect. I really liked it. Um. I was terrified out of my mind and I'm there with my dad and he has a chain on his wallet and his chain gets caught on the wall. And so I have to wait for him to like untangle his chain from the wall. He's taking like at least a minute with it when you're supposed to be through that part in all of like maybe like 15 seconds. And I'm just sitting there screaming. And I'm just like, dad, why are you doing <laughs> like, why is this? <laughs> <happening>? <laughs> it was, it was quite terrible. Oh gosh, yeah, and I I think they, that 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 must be terrifying a haunted house. I don't think I've ever been to one with a chainsaw, luckily, because yeah, I'd be terrified as hell. Um, they're they're big tools should... to use in a chainsaw at a haunted house. Yeah, I I should go to like a really scary one and film myself just uh, metaphorically peeing my pants, <laughs> literally. Um, but yeah, like I am surprised as well because I mean the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You, you think of that name and you're like, well, the, the most terrifying thing in that must be getting chased by a chainsaw, right? Yeah. Nope. Not even kind of. But I do understand it, though, uh, because I think that the most makes sense because, you know, you find an ally, right? So it's like, okay, we were in danger. Now we're in safety. You know, I'm calming down. And then you realize that actually this is all a lie and that that's also a killer. I mean, that that is pretty terrifying yeah. to think about um so overall yeah it is it is terrifying uh i just i want to see our audience get chased with the chainsaw and give me the same answers on 
because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that if we if we all as a as a group went through a haunted house and got chased by chainsaws, we we probably yeah we probably see different answers. Um, so up next we got. Horror movies historically have characters that frustrate the audience by making irrational decisions that frequently result in their demise or the demise of others. What's an action taken by one of the victims that really frustrated you and why? Uh, this one was optional, but I think everyone answered. Uh, cool. We have, so someone said Kirk because he just decided to wander into a sketchy house. I think we're right there with you. Yes. Uh, was, <laughs> um. Someone says, I can't remember who did it, but when Homeboy got grabbed and she got mad and walked in the front door only to be grabbed as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Someone said, I only joined the last like 40 or so minutes of the movie, so this probably takes this entire survey with a grain of salt. But the dumb bitch who is pushing around the guy in the wheelchair who just stood there screaming while Leatherface was chainsawing her friend. Like, bitch, brother. Yeah. Your friend is already dead. <laughs> your friend is already dead. He was dead the moment the chainsaw through his chest. Get your ass in gear and book it. She could have easily gotten more distance if she didn't act so dumb. Um, that is, there, there was a good, you can count it. You can count it out. This is a long time where she's just sitting there and she's just like, oh God, chainsaw on your chest. Um, <laughs> yep. And uh, so someone says, when that one girl had a long knife and lost to a broom, like what (laughs) (laughs) that was hilarious another all of them walking in to die one at a time like please you're killing me (laughs) that's fair uh they said i actually like the characters in this movie aren't as annoyingly you're wrong but um as annoyingly stupid as most slasher characters the smartest character is franklin you've got that going probably the most frustrating will be kirk just being so determined to ask these random people for gas (laughs) and just going into their house to ask is what's just yeah he was so stupid. I I do have to disagree that these were actually some of the most annoying ones, though. We're going to have to Fair. agree to disagree there. You almost have to accept that I'm right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're not responding, so you <laughs> must be correct. Exactly, yeah. I don't hear any debates. <laughs> uh, you're driving across the country with one of your closest friends, but come to a stop after running out of gasoline. Your friend heads into a nearby house to inquire about gasoline, but doesn't return. You call out, but hear nothing. You have no cell reception, and there are no other houses around. All you have is whatever you usually pack for a road trip. What do you do? We have someone said, head to the nearest police station and explain the situation, or get to an area with enough reception to make a 911 call. Uh, mm-hmm. Considering the time this was, there wasn't reception for a 911 call. You, uh, you had to, it was pay phone or like home phone or none. Fair. Uh, I guess it didn't clarify the time period. Yeah, we didn't clarify, but yeah. But the head of the nearest police station, I do enjoy, I like that. Uh, start walking. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I will also I say that it's possible your friend's messing with you. We don't know there's a killer in there. And so you might just be like, yes, <laughs> leaving your friend. <laughs> or maybe they like fell down the stairs and are unconscious. Uh, um, there's like yeah, a surprise but, party but inside. Like, obviously, after watching this movie, you're not going to be like, oh, I'll just walk in and on there. You know, <laughs> my friend's probably messing with me. Uh, oh, next we got, I'd get out and walk along the road to the next station or something, but in the context of this movie, that's kind of how you die, right? I guess this is a bad time to not own a gun or a taser. I would honestly simply pass away. <laughs> well, t- <laughs> see, what's crazy is I think the way you survive this movie is you just stay in the house that you were going to stay in. <laughs> you yeah, don't I wander mean, I... off into another house. You don't, t- t- you don't go to dinner with a strange man. That's 
all you have to do. Yeah, I. Uh, it does seem like the reason they die is because they walk into a house, and then, of course, once they see Leatherface, they, they got to die because yeah. they could narc on them. So it, it seems like if they would have just stayed put, they would have been okay. Quite maybe. And, yeah, I think really just respect others' personal space is what it comes down to. That was the moral <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> uh, another one says, steal homie's wheelchair and ride off into the sunset. No, but really probably die. I'm not built for survival. So, you, I mean, like, I'm all for, like, if you're in a Saw situation movie, just, like, offing yourself so that people don't get the satisfaction. But, like, our audience is so ready for death so much more often than I am, which is just crazy. <laughs> it's... <laughs> They're just like, yeah, I'm a guy. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's game over, man. Yeah. Game over. <laughs> like, I'd, like I'm, I I would be okay with dying in a horror si- movie situation. But like, God, you guys just throw down the towel immediately. <laughs> like, you're at, you're at that point where like you stop at the creepy like gas station and they're just like, this is a dangerous town. And you're just like, I guess I'm dead. <laughs> That's it for you. You want to cook me? <laughs> Um, another one says, I grab the tire iron out of my van and go looking for them. I'm sure I'd die in most scenarios, though. At least you have a weapon going in there, honestly. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, and You are ready for death, but you're also going to give it your best shot. They are really good with a broom, though, so watch out for that. Um, oh, yeah. Watch out for the broom. <laughs> I do like the idea of grabbing a weapon, by the way. Like, uh, it's just yeah. a large, blunt object. That That's a good idea. Oh, dude, a tire weapon hurts, too. Uh, yeah, I've banged that thing on my shin so many times. And that just, <laughs> uh, another, probably what Franklin suggested, drive somewhere to call for help. However, if said disappeared friend had taken the keys as in the movie, I'm not sure. I guess I might head towards the road and see if any of the passing cars would stop and let me use their cell phone. Honestly, it's a pretty shitty situation really early on in this movie. I like that you caught on that it was a terrible situation right from the beginning. That like yeah, as soon as they were low on gas, our, we don't even know if the gas station didn't have gas. He could have been lying about that, which was yep. something I was curious about. But uh, as yeah, like they were kind of doomed from the start, which I'm glad you picked up on. Uh, but yeah, like I really just at that point, you need to become the hitchhiker if you want to survive. Yeah, just don't uh, start cutting. Yeah, just don't and like just go into houses. Jeez, it's simple. That's. <laughs> Uh, so yeah all right well i gotta say um back uh in the uh previous question on uh annoying things that characters did yeah I, when, when someone said uh just everyone going to the house and just dying you know one after the other that remind it this movie actually really made me appreciate tucker and dale perceival oh, even yeah. more than i already did <laughs> because i'm just imagining like a cop showing up and Leatherface is like, well, howdy ho, officer. I've had a doozy of a day. I was just minding my own business and these kids came into my house and started killing themselves on my sledgehammer. <laughs> oh, my God. That's very true. I'm sorry. My tissue filled up with blood, so I had to go get more. <laughs> we reviewed way uh, too hard this time. <laughs> the stress is just killing you know, uh, talking about these characters and their decision making <laughs> capability or lack thereof but like yeah overall like i think it's worth a watch if you're a horror enthusiast if you're looking for a good horror movie like and you're just in the random mood for horror but it's not like your genre necessarily don't don't go for this one you're, it's not going to become your genre by any means 
Um, yeah, this is very much a like semi seasoned horror movie watcher deciding to watch a classic of the genre yeah that that's the only reason why you should or would watch this movie yeah you're getting appreciation like you appreciate it just because of what it is symbol it's like playing ocarina of time you know because like it's when you play it it's a pretty rough game to play the controls on it's all perfect and everything but it was like the it was a staple in what we have today for modern video games and uh and it wasn't terrible it was still pretty good all around so like Mm mm-hmm yeah that's that's what it is yeah it's like there are many much better options for this sort of genre nowadays that you'd have a much more fun time watching there's comedy versions there's um you know real horror versions uh so yeah there's really no point to watching this movie for that purpose it's it's all about sort of seeing how far we've come (laughs) yeah exactly but yeah uh any last thoughts you have you that that's pretty much it that this movie uh it's not great yeah i, I think i'm right it's, there with you but it's something <laughs> so yeah thank you guys all so much for watching uh if you want to tune in for the next one use that discord link we uh we show the movie every friday ideally at seven but more likely seven thirty. uh mm-hmm. but anywhere in that time frame uh that's mountain time yeah yeah, 7 p.m. Mountain Time every Friday. And uh, yeah, we'd love to have you in the Discord server. We've got lots of awesome people in here. Uh, you can chat them up, and uh, also you can make movie recommendations. We need, we would love some more movie recommendations uh, so you can help us decide what movies we throw up for votes. You also, of course, get to vote on the movies we review. Um, we have three options every week. So for sure, participate if you want to or not. You could just keep listening. All right. Well, that'll be it from us. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Audible.